G'day legend, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live More, Regret Less podcast. Today's a little bit different, I'm on the other side of the mic. My friend Zach from the Raw Cave did an interview with me uh, two weeks ago, so we really focused on obviously masculinity, accountability, getting the things you want in life, and how you can shape your life at this time so that you can really set yourself up for success. Your willpower isn't enough. You need to have the right environment. And so we dive into how and why you should explore male initiation and the path that it can take you on compared to where you're at now. Everybody, welcome back to the Raw Cave Show where we bring you inspiring individuals to share practical tips to live a healthier, happier life. Josh Dittmer, thanks for being here, bro. My man, so good to talk to you. Love it. Love it. In a while. I love catching up with you, dude. I'm really excited for this. This is a really cool time we're living in today. And you have some really interesting nuggets of wisdom to share. You have an awesome podcast, Live More, Regret Less. You're part of the Mankind Project. You're a pool practitioner. And you pretty much coach men to step outside their comfort zone and do it in a really authentic way. And you hold them accountable in such a great way. You're over in Canada doing it now and uh, you're, you're creating a great little tribe and you're making a big difference at the moment, man. I'm loving your vlogs. They're sick. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been pretty, um, pretty wild to like come all the way from, I guess, go, just go traveling and then end up here and be like, this is where I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And just start it, you know what I mean? But yeah, thanks. Appreciate it a lot. Yeah, man. So I just want to get straight into it. We'll share your story in a minute, but I want to... F- just kind of talk about masculinity straight off the bat and why is it such a hot topic right now? Man, I think, um, fuck, it's getting like pretty, oh, am I allowed to swear on here? Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. So, um, yeah, I think like obviously, and this is way more prevalent over here in um, Canada and America than back home, I find, mm. is, yeah, there's this, this massive gender gap being bridged between men and women and i think that the sensitivity between what a man is and what a woman does in society has been overreacted and instead of us just being who we are whether we have more masculine traits or we have more women you know feminine traits it has become a political argument and it's really been escalated through that vessel to something that's just out of hand and really quite frankly i find stupid harmful and yeah just detrimental for our future for how we identify with ourselves and just being okay to be me so i think that that's you know the very much political at the moment is is why it's such a hot topic um and everything's just getting really distorted and then how did you get into i guess understanding this topic and you know, being where you are today with this podcast, you interviewed Elliot Hulse the other week. That was awesome. <laughs> He's, you know, an idol for so many young dudes uh, for, for mindset and masculinity and fitness and stuff like that. So yeah. Where did your journey start, bro? Oh man, like, it was so cool. I'm um, being, you know, chatting to him and just the 16 year old that, you know, he was the first person that got me, out of my box and you know if you, if you don't know who Elliot Hulse is he was uh, and still is a big YouTuber and he basically told answered questions and told young guys to <laughs> basically 
if it's important to you and you want to do it, but you're scared, fuck it, just do it anyway. And it really set the, the wheels in motion for me to approach things in my life. If I approach it with fear, I would have this voice in my head that was like, fuck it, do it anyway. And you just go. And, you know, as someone that grew up, um, you know, without a dad in his life and not really any male role models, having this dude telling you that was just exactly what I needed. And it stopped me from going down and doing a lot of stupid things and really gave me the courage to go out and do the scary things. Because I think um, the scary things are always scary. They don't become less scary. You just get more courageous. And so the practice of that over and over again has really given me the ability over, you know, since that time to be a courageous person. And when I want things in my life and when, you know, things are important to me, still feel the fear, but do it anyway. And I really think that that's what Elliot has, was able to bring. And so for myself, I started down that path, started reading the books that he recommended and, you know, drifted off from him over time. And I was really looking for, I heard about men's group. I read men's groups. I read um, a book by David Data called the way of the superior man. And if you haven't read that book, just mind like paradigm shifting, you know, for a dude, (laughs) it's it's amazing. Um, So I highly recommend that, but he talks about having a group of men that you catch up with and you be honest with and you, you sit with them and you don't take offense from what they say because they tell you the truth. And that really spoke to me because I felt like I had fallen into the trap of being polite. And instead of, you know, some people might call it tough love, but being truthful and telling people what they really need to hear and what is actually going to benefit them in their lives, I would avoid the truth and say something that would make them feel good in that moment rather than actually giving them any change over, you know, and towards that, what they actually wanted to. And what I did is I tried to start a men's group in Dunsborough, the small town that we're from with my brother and our best friend, Munro. And <laughs> Munro, Ben and I, we, we were really close and we sat together and I was like, yeah, guys, this is going to be a men's group. It's going to be, I think it was like 20. And we didn't really have any structure we started talking about, I don't know, guy stuff. We didn't really know what the fuck we were talking about. And then we just started talking about how Munro had managed to get the hottest like, girl in town as his girlfriend. And that was the end. Like, and the conversation just spiraled off towards that. And it wasn't really about <laughs> any hard truth or anything because we didn't know how to, how to do it. And it was just a funny, it was a funny start. But it really got me rolling towards a need for that and realizing that I didn't have good role models in my life. And I didn't go through a transition from boyhood to manhood, really. Um, I went out to sea, um, live on the ocean when I was 17. And that was, that was definitely a big transition for me. And I feel like I really grew up into who I was going to be. You know, I learned hard work ethic and, you know, tough, toughness. And it was just guys. And that was so healthy for me at that age. But there was still something missing. And I basically just did research looked into it, just really took the initiative to find a men's group or a men's initiation, you know, whatever that really meant. I was like, oh, what the hell? I didn't really, I didn't really know what it meant. I imagined, you know, in Australian culture, the Aboriginals have walkabout and they basically, when the, when the young men, young boys become men, they get sent off with a spear and they have to go off in the desert for weeks or months and come back. And that's the, them passing the test. And 
there's something about that that really changes you. And so that's what I was looking for. It was something inside of me that was missing. And I, I felt like I was ready for a shift, but I didn't really know how to do that. And, you know, I put in the work, I put in the research and found what's called the Mankind Project. And it is a global initiative for men to grow from boys into men. And no matter what your age. And my brother and I flew over to Sydney. In the, we just had no idea what the fuck we were getting to. I pretty much called up some guy on the phone. He was like, how old are you? And I was like, 20. He's like, holy shit. He's like, oh, great. We'll do this, 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 and this. And I was, we were like, cool, we're in. Jumped on the plane, jumped in a random car, went off into the bush and did this really tough weekend. That was probably one of the hardest things in my life. But it, it broke me down. It tore me apart. And then I was able to rebuild myself without the, the boy behavior and start to act like a man, a man with a responsibility, a man with a mission, a man with a purpose and to act in congruence and with integrity in my life and to be able to speak those, those hard truths that are really for love. You say, you say no out of love, not yes out of you know, pleasing somebody. And so that's, that's where it all started really. It was that opened the box and I was like, fuck, like I need to share this with guys because of how shit I felt as a kid and how good I felt afterwards was like, dude, you don't have to feel that way. When I was a kid, if that was the rest of my life, you know what I mean? And when I say kid, I mean from like 10 to 20, I thought that my life was going to have these, you know, ups and downs and depressions and just confusion about life in general. I was like, life is confusing. It doesn't make any sense. And so it was really about getting that to being like, dude, it doesn't have to be that way. It can be however the fuck you want it to be. Dude. Awesome. Awesome. You wanted to start sharing it and then you just started doing little men's groups. Um, what, what, like personally, what has it given you? What has it given you as, as a man? Like obviously, you know, um, it's so many of my mates would never go to something like this. <laughs> it's just not in the realm of thinking, but I've had a few mates who I've been become super close mates and we're sharing our feelings, sharing what we're going through, sharing these struggles. And we, we kind of have a point of view of like, we'll just learn from it and then move on. Let's share it, get it out, learn from it, move on for you personally. Like what did it do for you uh, as a man, these men's groups and, and sharing like that? Well, I think the biggest thing is like the difference between boy behavior and man behavior. And so a boy, when something happens to him, he reacts like a child and it's not fair. It's a victim, victim behavior. And a man takes responsibility for the actions and, you know, Jocko willing, like this extreme ownership has become super popular. And it's, it's like, just, these are the facts. This is what reality is at the moment. What can I do about it? Instead of throwing my arms up in the air and blaming somebody else. And I think that, that is probably one of the biggest, the biggest things that I got out of it because it gave me control over my life. And it really allowed me to feel confidence. And I think that that was, that was lacking in my life. I think confidence is so important. It's so important to be able yeah, to know that you're capable and that, that I can tackle any situation and learn while I'm doing it and figure it out 
instead of it seeming like an impossible task. You were mentioning just before the podcast talking about your friend mentioning how, you know, maybe you haven't been through that many challenging circumstances uh, and how, you know, it's all perception depending on how you look at it. Can you evaluate or like explain a bit more about that, the choices of feeling like you're rock bottom and then you just not buying into that story? I think that's a really powerful story, bro. Yeah, sure. So it was, um, <laughs> so uh, I was talking to this, uh, a girl last night and she was saying, she was like, I feel like you've had lots of stuff happen to you in your life. She was like, you've, it sounds really rough and it sounded tough, but if it's like, you came through unscathed and undamaged. And, you know, this is obviously her perspective on the overview that I've told her of my life. And she was saying, I don't know if you ever hit rock bottom. Like, what, you know, did you, don't, you don't seem like you've been damaged by it. And I was like, yeah, that's really interesting. And I thought about it and it made me think, I was like, yeah, but I, I did hit rock bottom. Like I was down there for a while. It fucking sucked. And it was like, it was tough. It was tough times. You know what I mean? Like I know what it's like to want to kill yourself. And like, you know, I used to write in my diary when I was a teenager, like about killing myself and it was fucked up. But the ownership of that and realizing that it's a choice, like everything that I did got me to that place. And so realizing that, I now have the ability to choose to move out of this place and make myself a better life. That is where I feel like I came through unscathed. I feel like I'm in a place where sure that happened, but I've done the work to heal the wounds and move on with my life. Instead of repeating those wounds being open and never being repaired, those wounds just being patterns that I repeat in my life. So how did you work through that? tough time man like that's definitely something that I, when I was younger because I didn't fit in because I wasn't this the stereotypical smart person or cool person I always compared myself I was chubby like all these different things I put so much pressure on myself and definitely there were times I was like this sucks like it would just be easier just to leave you know how did you get through it like for me like a big thing has been mentors and you know learning and growing um but for you, like what, what got you through those tough times? Uh, I like, I did a personal development course and I think like it's, it's just such, such a shift for, and this is before I discovered the mankind project and stuff still sucked afterwards, but like it, it changed. It gave me the awareness of myself. And I think that's the biggest thing is the awareness of yourself to be like, okay, like I'm feeling like this, but seeing, seeing it how it is, not being lost in that emotion or in that exact moment, like it's forever. Like emotions do come and go, you know, like, and as far as work is concerned, like now in my, in my life, it's like, fuck. Sometimes I just don't want to do it. But when I get that feeling, I just have to, like, if I can take an outside perspective and be like, okay, like, I don't want to do it, but I got to do it anyway. And just realizing that it's just a temporary emotion coming up from my DNA being expressed through me is, is what makes it different. Yeah. Because our thoughts usually aren't our thoughts, right? Like they're just like programs that have been 
conditioned to us through TV or advertising or parents. Exactly. Parents. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that the, that's what I mean by awareness. It's like somewhat, I was away for a weekend at this personal development course and it shattered the glass that I was looking through. And that was really what, what gave me the ability to, to take care of myself. Cause it's, it's so sad in Australia. I think we have one of the most, the highest suicide rates for men. There's an awesome documentary called man up. Um, mm. And also another one, another documentary on Netflix called the masks we wear or the masks you wear. So interesting. And literally like watching these documentaries, I'm bawling my eyes out. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, that's me. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's so confronting and, and we get so distracted and then, uh, yeah, so you know, having having mates or going to personal development events and, and reaching out is such an important thing. Just because you, you're asking, we're asking for help, or you know, I'm still struggling to ask for help in my life. Go, 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 and sometimes like burning out. I know that you've had a bit of an experience of burnout. Uh, love to t- touch upon that, man. How how um, because you're you're super young, but you went through a really tough time. You had like a parasite, and you've then rebuilt yourself, and you've like crushing it right now so oh dude it was fucked you were there yeah oh man but i met you just before like i think it was just the as it was halfway through though oh yeah why did you get burnt out what what was going on because it's so common right the go 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 dude it just rolled me um so i was working in sydney as a czech practitioner and you know doing the men's work with the men's groups like I was, my life was around health and I started not being able to sleep. I started to put on weight and I was doing, I was saunering, I was cold showers every single day, working out, eating healthy, doing everything right. Fucking Tai Chi, going for swims, just Chi Gung, getting grounded, the whole shabam, like bulk supplements, like, you know, her herbs and tonics and mushrooms and that sort of shit. And it, I, my health was just plummeting. Like, and I was just so confused. It didn't make any sense. And it wasn't until, you know, I had some bit of sneaky suspicion towards the end. I was like, maybe I've got a parasite. This could be pretty fucked up. Um, and I'd been to Nepal in 2014 volunteering after the earthquakes. And obviously there wasn't much, you know, like fresh running water and the food was dirty and whatever. And so I must have presumably picked it up there. And two years later, it had this tapeworm had grown inside of me. <laughs> like, oh, this shit is like just talking about it. Um, because this thing was inside of me and eat, taking the nutrients from my food and creating an insane amount of inflammation in my body. And so what happened was because it inflamed my gut so much, my core wasn't working and my spine was basically hanging off itself. And so I lifted, um, I was helping a friend. Yeah, move some crates. I lift the crate, twisted, and fucking boom, down she went. And I tore the annulus fibers in my L5S1. I was like, oh my God, I think I've blown a disc. Keep in mind, I'm 23, just killing it. It's just having such a good time. And then at the same time, not make, things not making sense because my health was plummeting. And my whole world just sort of crashed. And it was at that time, a week later, I found out that I had the tapeworm. And instead of being humble, instead of being like, okay, it's time to take a break. 
I was like, fuck this. Don't be a pussy. Don't be a bitch. Come on, man. Just push, push. Come on. You can do this. And I just like literally lying in bed for three weeks, not able to move. <laughs> like just in so much agony. Three weeks came by. I started doing rehab. Wasn't feeling that much better, but I just pushed, pushed, pushed. And I just crashed. And, you know, I just, I, I stopped being, I was in such a state of desperation and survival that it started to affect the relationships around me. And for now, that's the biggest regret that I've got in the last, you know, in the last two years is that I, because I wasn't humble enough at the time that it happened to take a step back and be like, okay, I need to look after myself. I need to stop everything. I kept going down and down and down and I, I damaged relationships that I loved. And yeah, I, I ended up having to go back to Western Australia. I did nothing for six months. It drove me fucking. <laughs> I just like, I got up with the sun. I went down with this. I really tried to reset my circadian rhythms, just lots of antiparasitics to kill this thing and get rid of it. Really strict diet. Um, and yeah, I just did all the right things and took care of myself. Was still fat as fuck, which was devastating. <laughs> and, you know, went to, and then decided, yeah, I need to, something's not clicking here. And so I decided to go on a trip through America. Uh, I'm not a big partier, don't drink, you know, like I just love life. And I was like, fuck it. Went to Vegas, got pretty loose, got pretty loose in LA. Just, you know, just, just went all out. I was like, yeah. (laughs) And yeah, just had like a wild trip and was like, you know what? This is just not for me. I, I love what I do. I feel, I feel hungry again. I feel good again. And yeah, I just, and then that's how I got here. I just felt the hunger and it just wasn't going to die. And I feel like when you feel that inside of you, I think that's when people get bitter with age is if they don't give in to the hunger. I, when you, if you don't give in to the hunger that's alive in you, to build something in the world, to create and give your gift to the world, you become a bitter old man. And that's my biggest nightmare. Terrible. So it sounded like you had a lot of fun. (laughs) You know I did. (laughs) I know you did. How important, how important, you know, seeing where you were, go, 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 got smacked by this devil, you know, devil bug, knocked you out, and then you're able to work through it and then have this epic time in, in Canada and you've been working on farms, you've been traveling around, vlogging and meeting all these epic people. What advice do you have for someone going through something like this right now, either a parasite or they're going through some burnout or they go, go, go? And they're kind of feeling, ooh, maybe I should slow down. Life is fucking long, dude. You, you know, you're going to live the next five years at 40% or are you going to take six months, rebuild and live the rest of your life at 90% 100? Like, fuck me. I feel fantastic every day I get up. I feel so good. Like, life is amazing. And if I hadn't taken those six months for it to suck, it would have sucked for the next 10 years until I'd been forced back in that position and forced to learn the lesson. 
I was going to learn that lesson sooner or later. It's my choice whether I did it sooner rather than later. And so my advice is figure out what the lesson is and choose to learn it now. Take the time, give yourself some space for introspection and really let yourself be kind to yourself. Do you want to break it down a little bit more in terms of self-care, self-love? I know on the the podcast with Elliot the other day, he was talking about unconditional Mm self-love. How important was that throughout your journey? Because I'm so harsh on myself, um, I still am. And, you know, I find that that I don't, I don't, sometimes I don't necessarily see that as a bad trait because it makes me do things. Um, And, you know, it makes me be better, makes me take things to another level. But also if I'm, when I was in that burnout stage, it was that self, like I'm not good enough talk that stopped me from seeing things how it was. And I was like, oh, this is, you fucked up, Josh. You fucking, you know, you like the parasite that I caught two years ago and like me blowing a disc is like me fucking up. I'm like, you fucked up, you dickhead, you bloody idiot. Like, oh my God. Instead of looking at myself and being like, okay, dude, like this is where you're at right now. I love you. Like this sucks. My back sucks. I'm putting on a lot of weight but this is what I've got. This is what I got to work with. And that again is the, the perspective of being able to see things, how they are not better or worse than what they are. And then from that place, you can really start to take, take action. And that's where the unconditional self-love comes in because once you realize that this is how it is, it allows you to love yourself. I, I don't think you can do that very well if you're seeing it worse than what it is or better than what it is because it's not the truth. I must admit, dude, you have one of the best podcast voices ever. Someone out there wanting to start a podcast, wanting to start, you know, get started on sharing their, their journey. Was there, had you been wanting to start the, the podcast for a while and then you're like, Okay, just I'm going to do it or did it happen naturally or, you know, like I know when I started my YouTube channel, it just happened kind of naturally with a buddy of mine. We just started shooting some videos and then just haven't stopped really. So how did, how did yours start? And do you have any tips for anyone wanting to start a podcast today? I started as towards the period of when I was getting sick um, in Sydney and so then it stopped. Um, which again, I was like, oh, you suck. <laughs> There's lots of you suck talk over that time period. But I really, um, I just looked at like, it's the consistency. And if, if, if you can have it planned out uh, like a bunch of episodes, I think this is the best, this is the biggest key is having episodes that are done. You've recorded a bunch of episodes before you start. And then if something happens, because life inevitably happens, people cancel, you know, sometimes the internet doesn't work or you like, thank God I haven't forgotten to press record through a whole interview yet. But like you may forget to press record and you may, that person may not have time and you don't get that episode. If you have five or six episodes in the bank, you've got time to reach out, to book other interviews and have it working 
have a safety barrier for stuff to go wrong. I think that's the biggest thing because otherwise people just start and stop. And it really, I just took time to get clear with my message. Like, what am I talking about? Who am I talking to? What do I, what did I want to know? And what do I want to know? And if you want to speak to people that are hard to reach, you've got to get their attention. And so my, what I did is I made a personalized video for every single person that I get on the podcast and I make it funny. I make it unique, you know, like I, I click my fingers and I've edited it so that I'm in the snow in my underwear and I'm like, shit, like my teleporting finger click is broken and I'm like in the snow in my underwear and then I click back and I'm back in the room and I'm like, oh shit, that was crazy and start talking. I mean, it's, it's like, it was, it's very humbling to send that video to say Elliot Hulse or Ben Greenfield or all these people that I look up that, you know, we look up to, but you got to get their attention. Otherwise you're just another you just another voice in the wind. Like, so I think getting attention and having a backup, a safety barrier is key. Mm-hmm. Isn't it so cool that we can do this right now? You know, I'm in, my, I'm in my, I'm in my, I'm in my, you know, track pants, just kind of rolled out of bed. <laughs> <In here. laughs> what time is it there? Like nine o'clock at night? Uh, no, it's 10 to 3. AM? PM. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we can do this stuff. This is so cool. Yeah. It's so much fun. And, you know. I know, dude. So, um, like getting people's attention. I think content is so important. And I think um, being creative about it is such a good point of view. It's like there's one thing just starting and being and just doing it. But then having being that next level of like, you know, I look up to you know, Casey Neistat or Gary V or, you know, they're making these epic vloggers and stuff like that. They've got teams of like 10 or 15, 20 people behind them. I don't have that, you know? So I think that's okay as well, just to kind of know where you're at. So, you know, um, just accept where, where you're at and grab your phone or, you know, there's memos, there's the camera on our phones, epic now, you know, mm. and uh, we can do any of this stuff. So cool. The crazy- it's crazy how you don't, like you start, you just, once you start, you stop sucking. Like everyone's going to suck at the start. And that's the biggest hesitation is thinking that, you know, for me personally, it has always been like, Oh, what are other people like? What if I'm not good enough? Mm. And like, which is weird because in my, when I walk around in real life, I really don't give a fuck. But putting stuff on the internet to random strangers is way more scary than anything I do in real life. Like it's, it's so weird. And it's just, just starting to realize something like that. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, what you said before, that fear doesn't disappear. It's just you become more courageous. Mm. I'm like, yeah, it's so true. I still get nervous, man, presenting and doing this. It's like, oh, God, what am I going to say? I've got my questions on a sticky note. <laughs> like, you know, this is the preparation. But the more you do it, the better you get. And, uh, and that's so cool. That's so cool. Who else do you want to interview moving forward on your podcast? So I've got a list. I was literally just doing some, a new input, um, but I really want to get Jordan Peterson on. Um, and I love that guy. He's really, really cool. Um, John Butler, I you know, knew him back in Australia. So he's going to come on. Obviously, it would be sick to get Gary Vee on. Uh, yeah, I'd like to get a porn star on. That'd be pretty funny to see where that conversation goes. Um, Johnny Sins and some pickup guys would be awesome. Like RST Tyler. Um, 
and things like that would be rad because I made a big impact on my life. Oh, that'd be sick. <laughs> what about like Timothy Ferris? Is that who's your top top? Oh man, I even, I'm just like fuck. I just I don't even know how that would be a possibility to reach out and get him. One step at a time, eh? It'd be sick. Yeah, hundred percent. It's on the top, on the list. It's on the list. Is Canadian internet better than Australian internet? <laughs> oh, uploads dude. quicker. That's the biggest challenge here. Is like this. The internet is so slow. Man, it's so different. Honestly, everything is so clear right now. And it's, yeah, it's just a nightmare in Australia. It's fucked. But it's so, so nice just to be like, it's pretty much like one of the main sticking points. You're like, oh, I'd love to go back to Australia. And you're like, yeah, but the internet sucks. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Sorry, what? beach. Oh, the beach. Love it. It's a bit overcast today, though. So traveling. Where did you travel? You left, you left Australia. You hung out here for a couple of weeks and next minute you're in... Next minute, next go minute, on. You, you <laughs> what did you do? You, like, did you backpack? You traveled with a mate? No, nah, so we went... Um, you you're like, I'm in a talent. truck right now. <laughs> I'm driving a truck. Oh, yeah, that was so random. Yeah, that was hilarious. Um, yeah, so I went with my friend Talon and from high school and we know, we're like a month apart and we've known each other since we were babies. And we... Yeah, I just pretty much did this impromptu trip, booked it, and I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to America. And, um, yeah, we got there, bought this van, which was a piece of shit. It was, like, smoking and overheating, and we had to just, like, it was so, oh, my God, it was so devastating. We bought this thing, and the guy wouldn't, he was like, we were like, dude, you sold us a broken van. And he was like, no, nah, mate, no, 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 you've got, you bought it, it's your problem. And we were like, dude, you pretty much ruined our trip. Like, please give us the money back. We need that money to travel. And the guy's like, no, 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 look, mate, look, look, I'll, I'll give you 400 bucks. And we were like, dude, you clearly knew that it was broken. And he's like, look, I don't have to be talking to you right now. Take it or leave it. And we were like, shit. We're like, shit. <laughs> Took the 400 bucks, drove through the desert in Phoenix, Arizona. So hot. There's like bins melting in the street. People cooking eggs on the, on the pavement, like legit hottest i've ever been in in my entire life it was insane and um we're driving this van that didn't have air conditioning one of the windows wouldn't roll down and just sweating our balls off in this van across america went to san bernardino california watched uh tool i don't know if anyone like that band amazing got up in the morning this this van is losing like four liters of oil per hour, like just spraying out the back. We're just, look, we're, there's no hope. There's no hope for us. We're like, we're not going to make it. Our trip's ruined. And so we get up at seven o'clock in the morning to drive from California to Vegas. And <laughs> when <laughs> like I, um, yeah, I didn't drink, but the, we picked up some other random Australian. And so the two passengers were super hungover and they were just thinking that the world was going to end because this van was just a hot box through the desert and it's just overheating, it's on red, and we just think we're not going to make it, we're not going to make it. We'd pull over on the side of the road to fill up the oil, and the road was so hot that it was heating the car from the bottom, and there was no air coming through to cool it down. So when the car was stopped, it was overheating still, like more than when we were driving. And so we're literally like jumping out of the car, fill the oil up, <laughs> run back, drive, and like just did this every hour until we got to Vegas. Just made it. And then... Yeah, did, did like typical Vegas. Um, just went and hit it. 
and <laughs> all sorts of things unfolded. And um, yeah, we ended up getting to sell the van for like $700 or something and had to, yeah, cut the road trip short, went to North Dakota in a stunt plane, did a barrel roll. That was really cool. And then, yeah, just kept, I just sort of was like, fuck it. And if things popped up, I just went with it. And I ended up driving a truck on a beetroot farm. I was like, I didn't even know beetroot farms were a thing. In like Minnesota, nobody had any teeth. It was hectic. It was like proper, it was like proper redneck section. It was hilarious. They're all like, yeah, it was, it was proper like Hick Central. And um, yeah, so I just drove around there making like inappropriate jokes and freaking them all out. I went to Canada, worked on a horse farm. I was like, you know what? I got to work on a horse farm. Boom. Went and rode some horses for a month. Went to, uh, <laughs> went to Alberta. Played with some dogs, dog sledding, uh, what my brother does. And then that was too far away from the ocean, too cold and too dark. So I came back to Vancouver and that was it. But it was totally like giving myself the, the mindset of just going, you know what? Fuck it. You know, this random job appeared to drive a truck on a beetroot farm. And I was literally like the hot, the whole time I was so fun. Cause I was like, how the fuck did I get here? And you just like driving around in the mud and the rain, snow and everything. And it was just, it was so fun because it was so spontaneous, you know? Sick. Where's next? What's, what's the plan for the rest of the year? Oh dude, I'm just hitting it hard hitting it hard, just loving this right now. There's a Mankind Project initiation weekend coming up uh, on Thursday. So I'm going to be working there and yeah, just running, running stuff here, running the podcast. I've got an event in June. The, the plan is to get Elliot Jordan Peterson. So Elliot Hulse, Jordan Peterson, and um, one of the main guys from the Mankind Project, Boyson Hodgson, to present there. And yeah, we're really cranking up. We've got a Got some great support from guys in the community and just everyone's keen. It's sick. That's going to be awesome. So you're helping organize that? Yeah, I'm running the whole thing. Yeah. And then these guys, these guys are like, you can do it. And I'm like, oh, shit. I think I can do it. Let's do it. And just go for it. Screw it. Just do it. Feel the yeah. fear. Do it anyway. Exactly. That's so good. Do you reckon, like, you mentioned the book before, The Way of the Superior Man. Do you have a couple of other books to recommend? doesn't have to be on masculinity. 12 Rules for Life. The, yeah. Yeah. 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. Um, yeah, The of Superior Man. Just love that. Um, what else? Off top of my head. Mindfulness and Simple. Um, and if you like fiction, there's a book series called The Belgariad. And that is amazing. If you love fiction, it's just phenomenal. Really cool. Yeah, that'd be it. They're the books that I read and, and have given to the most. Given to them. And I see you at this paleo cafe like every day. Oh man, fucking so good. <laughs> what is so good about this cafe? <laughs> man, it's amazing. They do like butternut squash. And pumpkin like waffles and so it's like yeah so you can get like eggs benedict on this crazy ass healthy waffle thing and just be set it's like 
super dense. And so you just have this little meal done for like half of that. It's wow. so good. Yeah, 100%. The people are cool. Like it's in downtown. You just go down, do some work. Like, yeah, just get some work done. It's sick. Just love the vibe. Love the vibe. Okay. Okay. Are you still drinking coffee? Did you bulletproof or? Uh, on and off. Like I'm just, I did like a few days off and then I had one, half one today and I wasn't really feeling it. I was like, nah. And so I'm just going to not have it for a week and just depends. Like so if I have it around working out, I love it, but mm. it doesn't really, I'm like, this isn't doing anything for me except sort of making me a bit more excited unless I go and work out with it. Do you know what I mean? Like if I have it and then sit down and do work, I'm like, I don't feel that different except probably just doing my adrenals. I'm mm, mm. Yeah. What about you? I'm not a coffee drinker. No. Yeah. I guess yeah, very rarely would I have coffee. It takes me so high and then just whoosh, crashes me so hard. Crash? Crash. Yeah. I just hate that if you have, yeah, I just hate the anxious feeling. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it makes me feel, yeah, a little paranoid. It's really not a good, <laughs> probably brings up some childhood stuff. Hell <laughs> 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 of a drug. <laughs> if I have it with fat though, if I have it with like MCT oil or coconut oil and, and organic butter, so yeah. different, right? So oh, completely different. So, yeah, it's been really good. It's been really good. And then this dancing, man. Let's. What's this dancing you're learning? I'm a big. Oh, dude, bachata. Oh my god. Yeah. So, like, definitely not when when I was back in Western Australia, I was like, oh, I always wanted to dance. So I went, go, I'll go check it out, and yeah, went out to this place called Yelling Up. It was like on a patio. Sun was setting. I was like. Terrible, terrible. I'm like six foot two, big ass gangly dude, just like just shuffling the whole body left to right. It was hilarious. And, um, but yeah, I just, I just like the smile did not leave my face. And it just every week, it just got more and more fun. And I was like, how is this being more fun? I was like, what the hell? And then I just kept doing it, kept doing it. Didn't do it while I was traveling and then got here and I just sorted out, just looked for it. And now, I'd probably dance about two to three hours a week, um, every week. It's so good. And just, just so good. Oh, just being able to learn how to lead a woman, I think is the mm. best. And like being able to look in someone's eyes and not look away, mm. you know, like look at a woman's eyes and be so intimate and so close and so sensual. And then you move to the next person. And it's just a moment, you know? And so it's really helped. It's stopped so much attachment, you know? It's just enjoying a moment with a person and being like, oh, that was cool. Thanks. You know? And then, hey, how you doing? Do you want to dance? Yeah. Does, that, does this come back to the, the archetypes? With I want to touch on that quickly before you finish up and have another final question. But, like, what are the archetypes? Can you share a little bit about that for the dudes? And uh, does dancing, does that get you into, is it the lover one? Is it, does that help you, is that helped you balance out the other archetypes? For sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, in the, in the mankind project and different, um, I guess, teachings, there's like Freud uh, talks about all these different archetypes that we have. And so I guess a simplified version is, the four archetypes of a man, which is what we use in the mankind project to really keep things from being too complex and overwhelming. And they are the king, 
the warrior, the magician, and the lover. And so these are things that we can all relate to as guys. The king, obviously, is the sovereign, and that sort of takes a part of all the other ones. You are the, the overseer and the, the leader. The warrior is obviously the warrior. He goes out and he attacks and he takes charge and he takes initiative and he pushes. There's a bit of destruction in that. The magician is the creator and the takes thoughts and creates alchemy and really does the work, does the work of putting our thoughts into reality and our visions into reality. And lover is obviously more about feelings, about sensuality and what's going on for me right now. Like if I get in touch with my, you know, lover archetype, I'm like, okay, I feel... soft in my belly i'm pretty tired slept about three hours last night i'm feeling good about myself confident and these are these are things you know that's an example because we don't really walk around with those thoughts in our head and so it's it's what am i you're not necessarily being one or the other but you're acting out more of one than the other and so for me i walk around pretty much in my warrior all the time you know, I'm always doing it. I'm always like wanting to <laughs> destroy or, you know, yeah, be the yeah. best and yeah. all this sort of stuff. And that can be detrimental if you fall more into like a shadow of that, which would be, you know, the guy that goes out to slay the dragon and the, the martyr basically goes out to slay the dragon, kills the dragon, but doesn't know what to do with the, with the girl once he gets the girl. And so he doesn't, so he just runs away and kills another dragon. And, you know, that's that would be a shadow, shadow warrior or someone that burns themselves out. It's like, cool, you're, you're pushing, but you push too far. You, you've ignored the other parts of your life, the other aspects. And so for me to go from being so intense and then whenever I spend time with a girl or whenever I'm dancing, I let go of that. I completely let go and allow myself to just be there to feel more, to have a bit more fun, you know, just to, to go with the flow, which is what the love is about. And I think for guys that are our age, those are the really important parts because they're often the worry is something that we are acting out a lot of the time. And the, the lover is the one that we forget about. And so if we can bring those two in, in together, then we can start to, approach the magician which is the learning and the education and the embodiment and the king which is the the overlord of the whole thing which creates you as a whole man i mean we know what it's like to feel in our king right you know what it's like when you just feel Feel. that power and you're like oh i'm here i'm i'm in control i can make a difference and it comes from such a pure place it's like touching your gold and that, that for me is what that is. And so moving forward for dudes today, what, what advice do you have for them? What do they have to do? I know this is obviously a generalization question, <laughs> generalized question, but what, do you, what's, what are your biggest tips for dudes today? Get an accountability partner, someone that's going to hold you to your shit because we all know what we need to do. Most of us don't do it. 
and setting up the parameters around yourself in your life so that those things, when you have a, a, an environment that drives you in a particular direction of say getting things done, when you feel those inevitable feelings, cause they're going to come up that you don't want to do it. They're not going to overwhelm you because you have another influence pushing you in a different direction. And I think that is the biggest key is that so many of us just don't reach out and be like, dude, this is what I'm doing. It's really important for me right now. Like, I, would you be able to just help me out? Like I'll put 50 bucks down that I'm going to, you know, post on my Instagram once a week or whatever, whatever the fuck it is for you. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, okay, I don't want to lose $50 to my best mate because fuck that guy. And I also, also you know, now I've got someone to, to support me and, you know, challenge me in a good, in a good way. So I'd say that's definitely one of the key things because there's, there's so much we want to do and then time will just disappear and you end up that grumpy old bastard that never got, never gave into his hunger and never got to see it as a product in the world. So good. So good. Accountability. Love it. How can people get in contact with you, dude? Yeah, just uh, hit me up on Instagram, the Josh Dittmer and joshdittmer.com. But the podcast is Live More, Regret Less. And yeah, they're the main, the main stations. Yeah, that's out. Check yeah, it out. Check it. Do you have any final words? Anything else you want to share? I think that I want to really return to that accountability piece and not hoping, waiting for someone else to do it. If you want the group of friends around you, you have to be the one to initiate it. And it's fucking hard work sometimes because people flake, people seem really keen. Man, I love what you guys are doing. Like, oh my God, where have you been all my life? Boom. They disappear the next week. And it's like, it doesn't even, you're like, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) And you have to really put in the effort to create a good core group of mates around you because a lot of the time people just aren't willing to put, put that foot forward and it has to be you. Mm-hmm. You know, I got here, I, that has been my main focus and I have an amazing group of friends around me. And, you know, like yourself, James, my, my best mate, Luke, like, like maintaining these relationships, even though we're on the other, bloody other side of the world, mm. is, is so healthy and so beneficial. Mm but don't expect someone else to do it. That's it. hundred percent. Sweet dude. I think we just lagged brother. I just went quiet. Oh, you just went quiet. You're doing an Elliot Hulse man. <laughs> I don't know if I should start. <laughs> I love his pauses, man. So much power in the pause. So intense. Thank you so much for your time, dude. Seriously, that was epic. I had so much fun. Everybody, uh, ch- check out the, the YouTube, the, my YouTube channel <laughs> and your podcast. Uh, and yeah, share it around, guys. And you know, share it with your, your community or other dudes that want to hear this information. I'm sure they would love you to send them the link. Thanks for your time, brother. Talk to you soon. Love you. Take care.